what's going on guys welcome to the john papaloni show today we are interviewing mike austin with 21 valley media how's it going mike not too bad yourself not too shabby small small correction 20 valley media <laughs> that sorry my bad <laughs> all good so yeah like uh it's kind of uh funny how we met and uh it was like you did uh work for a colleague of mine at my brokerage Mm -hmm. And I started seeing his videos and then I, I linked up with you. Yeah. So yeah. I forgot about that, actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was uh, pretty interesting. I mean, I mean, I saw your work. It's great work. And it's like um, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, like my podcast is obviously about entrepreneurship and real estate. And, uh, you know, obviously you took the leap into entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. which, uh, you know, it could be a very scary uh, move. Why don't yeah. you tell our listeners and viewers how this all happened? Like, where did everything start for you? Yeah, it was uh, definitely a scary thing. So, um, well, I, I guess I'll start kind of at the beginning and, and uh, kind of tell my whole life story because it all snowballs and leads up to this point in time for sure. And uh, so I'll try and keep it brief. But um, yeah, so I'm originally from Florida, down in the States. And um, long story short there, I ended up moving up to Toronto uh, with my now wife and we both worked for Carnival Cruise Lines for a while. So I was a production technician and she was uh, a dancer in the shows. So of course I had the horrible job of uh, watching girls dance in thongs and feathers every night. And then I was forced to drink with them in the bar afterwards. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know if I, you know, I feel it real was, bad for you. It was tough. So, uh, but yeah, I was just kind of out of college at that point in time and uh, looking for a new career path and, and that was great you know sailed eastern western caribbean and and got to kind of live the dream uh, in essence it was a lot of fun met up people from all around the world and uh ended up moving up here we got married and uh con continued my career in live event production so i have a background in um live events concerts corporate work uh doing audio video and lighting and um kind of Finished my career off in that space um, in the lighting field. So I did a, uh, worked at a bunch of like um, concert halls and corporate uh, like AV rental companies, freelance for a while and, and great career. And from there I stemmed off into architectural lighting and I was doing control system uh, work and design. So a lot of buildings that you'd see downtown Toronto in the skyline that have color changing lights on them. I was doing all this system design for that and the programming. So just like, you know, the, the field that we're all in now, content creation, branding, marketing, um, you know, we're doing it for ourselves. And as a whole, I was essentially doing that for, for buildings, like companies, you know, putting their colors on the buildings. And, you know, if it was Christmas or breast cancer awareness, um, you know, you turn the buildings different colors. So that, that was a fun career, very rewarding. And I had a great time. And, um, you know, we lived in, in the city uh, in Toronto. So for you, excuse me, for those of you turning in, um, Toronto, Canada is our geographical area. <laughs> and um, so that was a, uh, a great career, um, but it got to a point in time where, you know, we had just had my daughter and there was a lot going on. We moved out to Grimsby, which is out in the Niagara region. 
and um, you know the commute and all that it, it gets to you you know be doing full days and sometimes you know full nights I'd be out on site programming lighting till wee hours in the morning and then I've got a you know an hour commute home or if there's traffic it's a few hours right so it it adds up and and gets to you so um, I had always kind of done a little video work on the side creating content and stuff and you know it's always been a passion of mine since I was young and decided to pursue it after I had done a video for a friend of mine and you know, it was for fun she ended up posting it and like that next day I got two calls saying hey can you make a video for us and I was like oh that's interesting <laughs> so I thought I'd pursue that path and you know lo and behold two and a half years later now here I am and so uh yeah decided to take everything uh full time and it was a huge risk uh one that was probably the best decision and worst decision in my life but overall uh <laughs> worked for the better <laughs> and um it's allowing me to have that lifestyle that I've kind of always dreamed of and wanted and and be present around family um, more than working a nine to five or nine to nine in some case jobs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been a great ride so far. And um, now I'm here doing this for a living and talking with great people like you. So super excited. Well, thank you. Yeah. So yeah, like, um, was there ever a hesitation? Like, did, like when you got into it, did you just go straight into it or did you, you know, debate the uh, whole getting another job, maybe closer to home or was it just sort of a, I'm done with, uh, with the downtown, forget the job. I'm just going on my own. This is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, for sure. Those thoughts go through one's mind, um, especially mine. And, you know, with everything in the mix of my life at that time, uh, we had just had my daughter, bought the house out here um yeah those thoughts go through your mind and it's like well it makes sense to just drop everything and go into a new career but you just can't do that for many many reasons obviously one being the big financial reason so um you know i thought about doing different side jobs along with video as a side hustle essentially to be able to make that financial leap um, when I decided to leave the career I was in, it was legit cold turkey decision out of nowhere. It wasn't like a snowball, you know, kind of coming in. Um, so that's when I say it was the worst decision in my life. That was it, was leaving my <laughs> nice, cushy career corporate job, um, which was very well paying to literally jump into video that was paying nothing. And luckily, I owe everything to uh, my amazing wife. Um, you know, she floated our family for quite a while. And, um, you know, it, just like with any business, it's going to take a good year or two to get up and running and actually start making income. So, you know, not only to just pay the bills, keep a roof of your family's head, um, but to also make money is super difficult. And I know that now more than ever, and I appreciate it now more than ever. And, um, you know, anybody I talk to that's kind of in this mindset or, or this path, no matter what business you're getting into, it's everybody's gonna be on the same journey. Um, you know, I, I say, if you're really truly in love with it and you are passionate about it, stick with it because it's gonna happen. If you're not passionate or in love with it, it's gonna be a very hard struggle and you're probably not gonna make it. So, you know, when people talk about entrepreneurship and, um, 
you know, the, the hustle and all that, uh, you know, hustle is like, <laughs> that word feels <laughs> this big in my life now. Cause I used to think I hustled. I don't even have a word for what I have to do now to keep my business going. It's like absolutely nuts. Sorry, you hear my yeah, cat in the background. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just a whole other beast owning your own business, especially as a sole proprietor or freelancer. Um, you, you really got to hustle to the 10th power, like the 20th power, right? Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Like, obviously, we're still in uh, challenging times. You know, everyone's saying COVID and using the word pivot, which I'm kind of hearing sick of hearing the word pivot but my point i'm getting at is once this hit this um you know pandemic hit how did that affect you and how did you adjust yeah that's a great great question um i had a bit of a heads up actually my younger brother uh, has been teaching english over in asia uh, for the past you know five years now and he was in um, a province not too far outside of wuhan at the time so this was, uh, geez, like November, December even, that um, we were talking and he said, you know, this coronavirus is starting over here and it's for sure making its way to the Western world. And I was kind of just getting going with my business, of course. And, you know, shortly before that made the jump to full time. So to hear that everything that was going on over there, the shutdowns, and that it's coming this way was a quick red flag for me to pivot. <laughs> um, or, you know, obviously we have to adapt. So I was already thinking ahead, what can I do? Um, and then there was, of course, talks of shutting down. So if I had to shut down my business and I can't physically get to somebody to film them, be in the same room, area, whatever, what am I gonna do? And, and that's where also my background of event production came in uh, handy is I've done live broadcasting events numerous times and I'm like, okay, well, I already have all the gear. So I now need to find a way to get out there um, or continue my business remotely. So obviously, you know, streaming has been around for a while, uh, whether it's Zoom that you've been on or Microsoft Teams or Skype, you know, there's a, tons of services out there. Um, they were all new to these ideas as well. So of course, people have the webcam on their computer and to be able to now have a full production setup, cinematic cameras, video switchers, all this gear um, to make your quality professional or, or higher than what's on your cell phone or your laptop web camera. A lot of these services had to gear up very fast as well to accept this inrush. So, you know, there's so many people that are in video and they were having the same thoughts. So there was kind of a collective of everyone on the internet scurrying and making YouTube videos. It's a, you know, we'll probably get into it. That's a huge resource for myself for learning. Um, but all these videos start popping up on how to live stream and how to connect your cameras and this and that. So ever since that started, I've just been even more enthralled with my business and helping people, you know, consulting, helping people get themselves online like this. Um, to continue their businesses and grow their brands. And um, so I had that big heads up, thankfully. And um, yeah, it's just been a learning experience since then to continue and perfect this craft. And I just am absolutely fascinated with it. It's a lot of fun. That makes sense. Can you tell us that like, hmm, what I was gonna say was like, 
yeah, it makes sense how like everything you've done. Obviously, like what is your favorite platform to use? Like, you know, yeah, for like your business. Like, cause I mean, obviously you do promotion. I've seen it online. Mm-hmm. And then out of all the things you've used, what is your favorite tool? Um, and sorry, just so I'm understanding, like uh, software based or or. Oh, actually, now that you brought that up, answer both. Like, what is your 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 favorite platform? Like social media platform, online platform. Oh, okay, I got you. Or and what's what's the your you like. What software yeah. do you enjoy using the most to um, get it there? So what I do is, you know, I'd, my core business is videography. I do lifestyle branding uh, videos. A lot of it is geared for social media. A lot of it's geared for Instagram. So, you know, 59 second and under attention grabbing videos, promos that people can run as ads. And um, I do a kind of a bit of everything. I, sh- I shoot weddings, I do live streams, um, long format, uh, branded videos, short docs, kind of everything, right? And my train of thought as I was getting into my business originally was, you know, shoot everything. It's all a learning experience to me. And, you know, over time, I'm going to see what I like. So I'm kind of in that cuffs now where I'm narrowing down. Um, and especially live streaming right now, I've been super busy with it and really enjoy it. I enjoy the fact that I don't have to edit afterwards, <laughs> yeah. shoot the live and whatever mistakes happen. That's, I think what is fun and unique about live streaming. Um, although a lot of people don't think that they like a nice polished edit. And, um, so that's, that's probably my favorite thing right now is live streaming. And as far as platforms for social media, you know, I, I tell my clients when they come to me, they're looking for a solution to something. And what I kind of do is open up their eyes a bit more and help them realize the potential of what they want to make can be so much bigger. And so when you ask me about platforms, I right off the bat say you need to be on everything. I don't necessarily have a favorite. If anything, maybe Instagram. Um, I'm finding Facebook is a bit more confusing every day (laughs) and you know i'm of the age i'm mid 30s now so you know i grew up with myspace and facebook and all that and uh you know like a lot of us did and it's just more and more confusing every day it seems like so the simple things like instagram and uh even tiktok uh that was simple and now it's getting crazy but um i just tell all my clients that you need to be on everything, you know, for the first fact, they're all free. There's no reason you shouldn't be. And again, preface our conversation with uh, being a business owner. If you're looking at getting out there, marketing, branding yourself, there's no reason you shouldn't be on all these platforms because they are free. So um, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, uh, definitely YouTube now. YouTube is a huge up and comer. Uh, you need to be on everything. You need to be producing content as much as possible for them. And the first thing that I always hear is, oh, well, it's so hard to do that, blah, blah, blah. People feel like they have to do something every day. And it couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, I feel that consistency is a big key to it all. So whether you're doing one thing a month or one thing every day or, or a couple times a week, I feel that if as long as you're staying somewhat consistent, um, you'll be able to continue to get content out there and grow your brand at a steady play, pace and not feel a lot of anxiety like a lot of people do um, about posting content. And yeah, just, you know, my, my key is just keep it natural and, and be yourself. Um, you know, that's just my tidbit. Take it with a grain of sand if you wish. 
Um, so yeah, definitely being on every content platform and whether it's photo or video or uh, video log, so vlog or blog or podcast, um, there's a format for everyone. So whether you, love, whether you love to write or make video or just take photos, you do your thing. And uh, if you're passionate about it, um, and again, if you're providing value to your viewers or your customers, depending on what it is, um, you will grow a following. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Uh, if you're doing good quality content, you're for sure going to grow a following. Yeah. That makes sense. And a lot of, you know, the thing is even going with the posting, like you said, like the frequency and stuff, a lot of times what people don't realize is you can repurpose content. You can have, like you can make a three, four minute video and take segments of it every day and just split it up. And then you know what? Nobody knows what you did a year ago. Nobody goes back that far. So sometimes you can reuse it as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Usually people, if they're checking someone out, they'll, they'll go a couple sc scrolls down on the Instagram and that's it. And it's like, well, what about the last two years of content that's there? Um, so yeah, for sure, repurpose it, chop it up, re-edit it, put it on the different platforms. Um, and then, you know, like Reels now on Instagram or even TikTok, you're able to bring in you know, popular music, which is not easily doable when you're normally creating content. So say you're making a video, you hire a video company and you want the latest Justin Bieber song in it, you're gonna have to pay royalties to put that song on your video, which for a pop star like that is super expensive. And most people aren't even gonna pursue that route. So to be able to put popular music on some of these apps on top of your content is super powerful. And it's really brought a different creative avenue for a lot of people. And with the built-in effects and filters and all kinds of stuff, um, if you're new to this space, you can easily do uh, a, you know, a great quality piece of t content that's engaging very easily. So th the tools that are out there now, um, like if you're looking at getting in to the space for your business or your personal brand, there's no reason that you can't put out something that's really neat. And it just takes a bit of time to learn. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. And that's the other thing I was going to say, right? Like it, it, it's about, you know, finding something you like and, and, you know, like having a, like a consistent message. Yeah. I would say that, um, I think it's more sort of one of those things that if you don't know where you're going, how can you steer your clients to where you're going? So I think it's sort of like, in a way, it's a storyline, if I'm not wrong. Um, yeah, yeah, very true. Yep. Yeah. So what I was going to ask you is like, everybody, you know, like, we, we do all kinds of different projects out there. And um, I mean, so do you, obviously. Um, do you have a favorite one? Like, do you have a, a scenario of, of, of the time you're out there, you know, creating a new project and you just finished and you thought, wow, this is probably one of my favorite uh, pieces of work that I've done. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, almost every shoot um, that I'm on, I'm, I'm thinking that because uh, I'm constantly learning. I'm new, even though I've been in this for almost three years full time now, or maybe it has been three years, I forget. Um, I'm always saying that learning something new every day, um, as much as I feel like I know something, the next shoot that I'm on, that I implement it, I learn a different variation of it and I'm all about efficiency. So I'm constantly trying to be more efficient in my business, um, whether it's spending less time setting up something or um, you know, being able to 
essentially take someone that's, as an example, take somebody that's never been on video before and they've got to give a bit of a, a monologue or say something about their brand um, and condense it into a small commercial. They are super scared of being on camera. You know, how can I help that process along? So I've had to learn a lot of things to be able to get people to do these things uh, or for myself uh, on, you know, if it's, I need this piece of gear and it's gonna help me get this result an hour faster or, um, you know, a good thing, or, or sorry, something else to bring up is uh, editing on my end is a big time consumer of video content. So sometimes um, I'll hire freelance editors, a majority of the things I do myself um, but it is difficult to get projects out the door a lot of the time and meet deadlines. So, you know, what can I do to speed that process along? Is it a faster computer? Is it faster hard drives? Is it even down to like card readers? Um, the faster I can get that footage on my computer, the faster I can edit it, the faster I can get it off. There are services I use to re-upload my content um, so the clients can see it and they can comment on it in real time online. Uh, services like that come at a premium as well. So there's all these things um, that I've learned over the years that have their place in time as to uh, helping my business be more efficient and helping myself. And uh, so I'm always looking for those little efficiencies, um, no matter what it is in business. And I'm, I'm getting off topic here. I kind of forgot the question already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, to be honest, I'm fascinated with what you're saying. I kind of lost track too. <laughs> but like, I mean, you're kind of leading to where I was going to anyways with this answer. Because I was going to say is how, how would you recommend someone who's in your business or is interested in your business? How would you recommend that they uh, scale? Because I mean, let's face it, there's one of you. Mm -hmm. And obviously, the bigger you get, the harder it is. Yeah. So how, how would you scale your business from here? And obviously you answered part of that by getting some freelancers is one way. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's a great part about uh, business. And that's probably one, I get the question a lot. Um, you know, aren't, aren't you worried about telling people your secrets and showing them how you do things? And, and my train of thought has really gone, you know, 180 on this. Um, you know, if you're good at what you do, you're, you're good at what you do. And regardless of what someone else's trade secrets are per se, um, I really enjoy learning the way other people do things again, so I can be more efficient with my business. And I think that that comes around for full circle for everybody. So, uh, I think it's very important to network and, and work together with people and, you know, learn their secrets, let them learn yours. And overall it's going to be make, excuse me, it's going to, um, uh, let everyone become, a lot better at what they do, more efficient. And in the process, you're making new friends and uh, you get to learn their way of business, which I think is fascinating. It's, it's something that fascin has fascinated me from an early age is just learning about people's industries, um, how things are made, that kind of stuff really uh, interests me. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I think it's super important to get together with people and, and stay friendly and work together, collaborate. So getting into this business, that was a big thing for me was collaborating. Um, you know, obviously you're starting off and you're trying to get as much, as many jobs as possible. And this may be before you can even charge. Let's, let's say you're just getting into video this week as an example, and you need to go and shoot for free. So like 
I shot for free for a long time um, and even peanuts for a long time. And that's something you have to do to build your portfolio. There's no right out of the, the, the bat, you're gonna charge $2,000 for a video and you just picked up a camera yesterday and watched a bunch of YouTube videos. I'm sure there's somebody that's done that out there and was probably good at it, but for the 99% of people that wanna get into this business, that's essentially what I tell everybody that asks me about it. I'm like, you gotta get in the trenches, you've got to do free work, perfect your craft until you're at a point where you and your peers um, think that you can be charging for videos. And then from there, you have to scale up your pricing from there. You know, you're gonna have a certain quality starting off with an entry level camera versus when you get up to a professional camera. Um, and then, you know, where I'm at is probably like mid-level. There's guys that are in, you know, the movie television industry that have huge cinematic professional cameras. And, and at that point, they're not necessarily owning a video business and doing everything. They're either a director or camera operator or an audio person because at some point you can't do it all. And that's, you know, going back to you saying, you know, how are you gonna scale? Um, I'm in a comfortable place right now where I can do everything. And I'm, I'm pretty lucky that I can. Um, of course, I wanna scale and get bigger. Um, so when that point in time comes, it, it will. And part of scaling is finding good quality people, amazing people, nice people to work with. And that's where the networking portion comes in. So I met people a long time ago that we've kept in touch. And like now, all of a sudden, let's say this year, I've needed second camera ops on certain shoots. So I call them up and say, hey, come join me. Um, you know, the pay is not much, but it could be, you never know. But you start those relationships and you start working together and, and eventually um, you get to a point where you can start offering a nice pay to people. Um, but again, it, you know, a lot of my relationships are just awesome people that are good friends now and they're happy to come shoot. Um, and it, it can be in a barter system too. You know, they maybe get to use the content for their portfolios and help build their business up versus, you know, having a full pay for that particular position. So there's lots, lots of ways that you can uh, gear things. Makes sense. So in a way, what I heard there is also that you guys are similar to real estate. Like your business is similar in the way that it is a relationship business. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, very much Which so. is great. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the other thing. The other thing uh, from what I got out of that was that um, basically in order to build other people's brands, you're, you work on building your brand. So, and then yeah. that's how you, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Well, the other thing I want to know is, every, you know, just like I said, we all have projects we love and, and get amazed, you know, on how things turned out. I skipped that. <laughs> well, we, you were kind of, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Yeah. Some, and actually I wanted to say, so some projects so actually recently this kind of late summer now, we've had a bit of a late year. I got a call to do a shoot a real estate shoot actually, um, but not for a house, it was for a, a yacht. So that was super cool. Um, I got to kind of, you know, bring out some of the fun tools that I get to work with. So like aerial drone, um, we did some really cool shots of the yacht driving out in Lake Ontario and we got some orbiting shots of it with the drone. And so that was super cool. That's not something I get to do all the time you know, when I do fly drone, it's usually for real estate shots and we're getting different angles of a house. Um, or if I'm doing a lifestyle video, we'll get a couple 
uh, scene setting, like establishing shots, uh, maybe from the air. So to be able to use the drone to get some really cool, like fast action dynamic shots was a lot of fun and, and probably one of my more favorite recent projects. And um, actually yesterday I had a live stream for a brand and probably the most fun I've had in a long, long time. Um, just everybody I was working with was amazing. The quality of the production like was outstanding in my mind. Like I've been working hard to get it to a certain area and, and uh, we pulled that off yesterday and there's a lot of engagement from the viewers. And uh, so when I see my work um, helping others and um, providing, you know, passion, like stoking, stoking the fire, providing passion and imagination from the other end and, and getting people's light switch to turn on about what it could be, that really excites me. And, and I know I've done my job as well, so. Which makes sense. So on the, on, on the contrary to that, there's also, I'm sure, you know, times that you found a project or something difficult. And um, do oh, you yeah. remember of times you found something really, really difficult and how did you get through it? Yeah, um, well, probably one of the most difficult things of many in this video industry and and even with you know yourself in real estate you know dealing with people is always a challenge um so many people come from so many different backgrounds and in areas uh, uh their what they think about something could be totally different from yours even though you may upfront be on the same page so uh, that's also something I tell people about getting into this business is you need to be very open to changing things. Uh, if you need to be a very nice person, at the end of the day, these people are paying you to make content and do what they want. Um, obviously anybody in the creative space always wants their vision to be, you know, their vision and, and try and keep it that way. But you need to be a team player and be able to work with people and, um, adjust on the fly. That's probably the biggest thing you have to do. And, and still try to hold true to your creative vision. But uh, yeah, one of the most difficult things for me in the video industry uh, has probably been, I had a recent issue this past year where I had a hard drive fail and I probably hadn't had that happen, geez, it was probably 15 years ago that I can imagine, or sorry, that I can remember. And uh, so I had, a good handful of clients projects on the drive that were essentially lost. So the hard drive failed on me. I had to send it back to the manufacturer. They were able to rescue a lot of the files, but a lot of the files came back corrupt. So after having to tell the client to wait quite a while for us to even get the drive back, I then had to go and tell them that their you know, file was lost and then I'd have to start over. So their original window of however many weeks for the content was now doubled or tripled in some cases. And that's a super hard thing to tell people. So, um, you know, things like that, when I was speaking towards efficiencies earlier, you learn, unfortunately, the hard time some ways. And, um, you know, since then I've invested in a really nice hard drive setup where it's multiple backups and hopefully I don't ever have to deal with that again. Um, but yeah, it's just part of growing, uh, just like with any business, you're gonna have big failures and uh, it's, it's how you deal with them. You know, if I just told the client, sorry, your stuff is gone and that's it, that probably wouldn't have left a good relationship. But no, um, you know, I say, you know what, I'm more than happy to do your project for you or continue working on it. I'm, I'm sorry, it's gonna take some more time. Um, I'm happy to throw in some extra free content down the road or you know, refund your purchase or whatever it may be, as long as you're, you're working with them um, towards an outcome, I, I think you'll be okay, so. Yeah. 
Makes sense. So I remember when this um, pandemic started, we had a conversation about videos and live streaming and stuff, and you gave me some advice. So now I'm going to ask you to relay some advice to people who um, are just starting out. They've never done it. They uh, figure that now it's time to take their business to the next level and they don't know where to start. Hmm. Like um, whether they're, uh, you know, some people, you know, like would you recommend immediately going to a professional or would you recommend, you know, that consistencies, you know, being the key that they just start off maybe with their phone, build up, start off uh, live streaming. Like how would you recommend a person, you know, get started now versus trying to wait and delay? Yeah. Um, I'm a big believer in getting right to it and not delaying. Um, this, of course, can be argued or debated on many fronts. But um, yeah, with the influx of content that's out there now, and it's only going to get more saturated and, and heavy, and we see this in the real estate market. You know, I shoot a lot of real estate. Um, I've worked for companies that have teams of freelancers that they could send out at a moment's notice to go shoot properties. And you know, real estate's a great example for this, so I'll continue with it. But there's such a um, influx of content and eventually, you know, imitation is the form of flattery. Is that the saying? I'm horrible at those things, but yeah, I believe that's it. You know, everybody kind of gravitates towards the same real estate video style and there's nothing wrong with that. But after a while, there's just so much in the market and it gets to be too much. So from someone in my position, my point of view, it's all a wash. Like every real estate video starts to look the same. So I'm always looking for ways to spin things and make it different. Um, especially for my long-term clients and you know to somebody that's maybe new to the real estate game they're gonna look at a few houses see some photo and video and it's gonna look amazing regardless and they're gonna be sold on that and that's the end of the day they probably never see a real estate video again <laughs> but um, if, you know for the agent someone in your position you're also constantly judging that content and you know you want to make sure something is um, you know probably a lot better than the last time that you had and um, so with all that being said, with that um, influx of content in the market, whether you're in real estate or starting a vlog or podcast, it's, you know, how do I differentiate myself? And something that I tell all my clients is just get right into things. If you wait and put things on the back burner and maybe it's a strategic play for you, you want to wait till you have some content built up. That's understandable. But um, the longer you wait, the longer you're going to be out of the game per se. And this is a long play game. This is, there's no short tail in this. There's no instant fame unless you're that 1%. And so you need to be, again, consistently putting content out to all the platforms as much as possible. And it doesn't have to be about your business. I think this is the one thing that really turns me off is maybe hearing too much about one's business. I want to know about them a bit more as a person, uh, what they do in their daily lives. I really find personal vlogs on YouTube interesting. Uh, my wife and I are into um, uh, lake surfing. So I grew up surfing in Florida and we surf on the lakes here, Lake Ontario, Lake Erie. And we follow a lot of surf vlogs on YouTube of you know people in Hawaii or this or that. And they're in the same kind of position as us. They have kids and busy lives and so that's like 
my personal hobby and I enjoy watching that content. And to some people, it could be the most mindless, stupid stuff in the world and they'd rather watch Game of Thrones or, you know, whatever on Netflix. And if that's your thing, that's cool. But, um, you know, I've gotten to know those people on almost on a personal level and I've never met them. So if you're taking something like that and piggybacking it to your business, I think it's super powerful. Um, you know, again, at the end of the day, it's all about relationships. And if I want to do business or, or work with somebody, I'm going to do something with someone that I know, um, you know, versus someone I don't know. So if I've learned a bit about them through their content, I'm probably going to pick them over somebody that I don't know. Um, even if that person has, you know, 20,000 five-star Google reviews, that's just me again. Um, so I think it's super important that, uh, people get as much content as they can out there quickly. And again, there's a fine balance. You have to have good quality content. Don't just put anything out there. Um, but that's, part of the conversation I'll have with my clients, you call me up and say, look, uh, I want to do this, I want to do this, and I can kind of guide you along the way as to what I think would be a good path for you to at least start on. And yeah, back to the, the tools of the trade, um, you know, our cell phones now are absolutely amazing. They have 4K cameras on them. They can do slow motion video. Um, you know, obviously you need a bit more of a setup to get going. So if you're vlogging, you need a really good um, light source. I'll show you right now and just pop my key light off. So that's my front light that I have on you for video to work. You always have to good, have good light. So if you're outside in the sun, not a problem. But if you're inside in a controlled environment, you need to have good lighting. Um, you want to make sure your camera's focused. You need to have good audio. I'm wearing a, a lav mic right now, but even an on-camera microphone or there's some that you can plug into your phone that will really set your production apart from just using the built-in um, you know, microphone on your phone, let's say. And uh, like you're using that, that Sure mic is awesome. That's a new one that's out. I was looking at that. <laughs> uh, USB and XLR, I think. So um, yeah, that kind of stuff will really set you apart. And the entry level now for a lot of this is really nothing. You can go on Amazon and get um, like a little lav mic that will hook up to your phone for like 30 bucks. There's selfie light rings. I was just at Henry's photo the other day. This is not a plug for them at all, but um, they had like a massive palette of video light rings there. So it's just showing that more people are getting into vlogging and, and excuse me, doing their own thing. And um, the, the price point to get into it is, is nothing now, essentially. So there's no reason that you shouldn't be making content if you want to. Yeah. Absolutely. Like even mine, I got one of those uh, ring lights that I got off of Amazon. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I paid like $39 for it. And it's yeah. like got so many features on it. Like, look, I can change my color. Oh, different cool. effect. That's awesome. Very different. Uh, you know, now I'm a little too bright. I can turn it down. Mm -hmm. Not bright enough. Turn it up. Right. All that for $39. Yeah. And it just sits on my desk in front of my uh, camera. Yeah. So, you know, it's very simplistic, like you said. I think uh, the most expensive thing that I have, aside from the system, was the microphone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the camera, I got uh, a Logitech camera attached to my computer. I mean, it's 180 bucks. That was pretty expensive. But, you know, hey, it does the job. It's pretty good. I'm not complaining. Mm -hmm. And I got, then, I, then the, like I said, $39 for the light. 
Then um, I bought myself a set of speakers so I can hear the quality. Of, you know, they sound output. And then, uh, and then the Shure mic was I think I paid about three hundred and fifty bucks or something like that, or somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The point is, Canadian. all under eight hundred bucks. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and that's the thing, like once you start getting into this and learning more, like it, it just gets out of control. Like I've got a full production set up right now just for our, our little podcast. Um, but again, you know, I'm a big fan of, of quality, you know, the best quality I can do for the price point and the budget I have right now is, is where I should be out with my business. And that's always going to grow. And that's what everyone needs to kind of take with a grain of salt is you have to start somewhere don't necessarily go all out when you're getting started make sure that you're passionate about what you want to do start with a couple little things here and there and then as you grow you know get get more and more into the technical side the gear side as well a great option as well is renting um, there's places you know you can find people on facebook marketplace that rent gear privately um, there's you know if you're in the toronto area there's um, vistec there's oh, there's, a, there's a few other places there's some out just google them online gear rentals and you know try something out if you're looking for a camera this is the one thing i tell people all the time um you can get a really great camera for not a lot of money but what you want to invest in is the lens on it so if you're getting a interchangeable lens camera one where you can take the lens on and off and do different focal lengths um if you're looking for a more cinematic look, I'd recommend looking at a mirrorless DSLR camera and you can get a good body, camera body for not a bad price, buy it used maybe, uh, or rent it first to make sure you know what you kind of like. There's so many different brands and features. And from there, really invest your money in the glass or the lens. That's really gonna set apart your image uh, for video. I started off on a Canon T3i that I bought for, geez, like 200 bucks on Kijiji and ended up getting a couple used lenses. A great lens is a 50 millimeter, a 1.8 or 1.2, if you can afford it. And from there, I shot tons of videos and then eventually upgraded to where I'm at now. Um, so even cell phones, the latest, I'm not a big Samsung guy, but like the iPhone 10, 11, 12 that has cameras on it that'll shoot 4K um, or, or 1080, which is what most of this video resolution content uh, we're watching is. is. Um, so you can get lenses that snap onto your phone cameras, you can get mics that snap <laughs> onto your phones and there really is some great content out there being made with very simplistic tools. So again, it comes back to being passionate about what you want to do. And um, if you are getting into this business for the first time, you got to do it on, on a budget. And if that budget is nothing, you got to work with what you got. And that's probably the biggest takeaway I can give is you got to start somewhere and, wor and work with, you got, with what you got. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. Like even now, like for example, like most people have an iPad, let's face the truth, right? Mm -hmm. And that, that's the other thing I do like about this uh, Sure mic. It can work within the iPad as well. Yeah, that's cool. So I, I believe that video is important. Like it has to be clear, can't be fuzzy. But the audio is just as important because if I can see you well, but I can't hear you, it's going to lose attention. Exactly. Yeah. And that's well, actually a little... Um, 
trick that I do with my real estate videos, well, most videos in general, but is the sound design. Um, I, let's set the example of, I've got a drone shot looking down onto a house. We're about to list the house address and I've got some cinematic music in the background. I can really elevate that video if I put in little sound bites of maybe birds chirping or kids playing off in the distance. It just totally, the sound design will totally change your content. And yeah, just like you said, you wanna have good quality. So your microphone, it's gotta be a decent quality and doesn't sound scratchy or has a, a whining sound in the background or, and, uh, and that's a cool mic that has XLR, I believe, and USB on it. So you can not only plug it into a professional soundboard, but you can put it into your, your computer or your iPad and, and use exactly. it anywhere. That's neat. Exactly. And that, that's the thing, right? And even going to what you're saying about the uh, video and starting, right? So I agree with you when you said that uh, having too much about your uh, industry can just get boring and obnoxious. So if every time you uh, see a person online and all they're talking about is houses, more houses, more houses, more houses, as an example, we're going to use real estate since we've been going that way. Um, you know, open house for sale, listed, whatever, right? It just becomes obnoxious. At some point in time, you just see the person's name and say, yeah, 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 they're selling another house, big deal, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> so I believe it's more important to document. And it, there's nothing wrong with putting your just listed or just sold, but I think if you're documenting your life, then people will see what you're selling anyways, because it's part of your daily ritual. Mm -hmm. And it gives you content because you're constantly documenting everything. Like I even post where I go out for uh, lunch or something. It's not about the food. It's just a point. It's, it's really about documenting where I am at that point of the day. How do I get from point A to point B and everything I do? And it sort of can follow that storyline through my content. Right. At the end of the day, um, you know, we're, we're creatures of habit and story. Um, if you want to use the, the caveman reference when we used to sit around the fire billions of years ago and tell stories before we could even speak a language, it was with our hands and tools that story was being told and paintings on cave walls. So, you know, we are, are creatures of story and to be able to craft a storyline, something I look in, uh, some, that's something I look to do with all my content. Even if it's a real estate video, I wanna make sure there's a nice flow to it that it's telling a story. We have a beginning, middle and end. And um, yeah, that can be done no matter what your tools are with anything. So as, if you're being a great storyteller, you're gonna be able to deliver your message and that's really gonna capture your audience's attention. Absolutely. So you're saying it's not just the Italians that are waving the hands. Yeah. And now <laughs> but uh, Mike, I want to uh, be respectful of your time. I want to thank you for coming out and uh, doing this or virtually. Yeah. Thank but, you, John. This um, was awesome. It was. Uh, but before we go, can you let everybody know how to reach you and how to find you? Yes. Um, so 20valleymedia.com yeah. spelled out T-W-E-N-T-Y. Um, we're also on Instagram at 20, excuse me, at 20 Valley. Um, we are on YouTube, um, not like fully officially yet. I've got some, it's more of a portfolio for me. Uh, we'll be starting some more uh, YouTube videos very shortly since I'm gonna have some more time on my hands over the holidays. <laughs> and um, yeah, reach out. Uh, you can message through the website, uh, both a live chat or email me and I can get back to you with any questions you have. Awesome. I'm going to put them in the uh, show notes as well, just so people can read them if they uh, haven't processed it from listening to it. 
so they'll be able to find it in the show notes. I want to thank you very much again for everything. John, it was a pleasure and so glad we did this. Uh, thank you so much. Stay safe and uh, we'll chat soon. Absolutely. Cheers, man. Cheers.